welcome back to another episode of Joachim's Water Review. As always, I'm your host, Joachim, and today we're going to be reviewing a rather unusual sparkling water. Sparkling clam. Hmm, interesting. The first thing that hits you is this uh, briny flavor, which is definitely not something you expect from a sparkling water. But surprisingly, it's not overpowering. It's more like a subtle hint of the ocean. The carbonation is on point, giving it a nice fizz that's not too overwhelming. You know what? I'm going to say it. Sparkling clam is actually pretty good. I was expecting to hate it, but I'm pleasantly surprised. I'd give this a solid 7 out of 10, but it's not something I drink every day. <clears throat> it's definitely something worth trying if you're feeling adventurous. You know, actually, you know what? I'm going to change my rating to an 8 out of 10. This is growing on me. The more I drink it, the more I'm enjoying the unique flavor. That's all for this week's episode. Join me next time as we review another exciting sparkling water. Until then, stay hydrated. So what was that? That was an episode of the podcast written by ChatGTP, sent to me by Katie, who listens to the podcast and is obsessed with ChatGTP. So when you're sent a thing like this, the first question that... It's such weird, like, dream. It's a very dream-like state where, like, when you wake up from a dream, you try to, like, remember, like, so what's reality and what's re not reality? And then as soon as you've figured it out, it's, like, ridiculous that you even considered anything else. Like, that was just in the dream that the man was yelling, you know? But then in this situation, I'm just trapped in between because it's, like, it seems probably re ridiculous that the that anything I've ever done influenced what ChatGTP did here. But at the same time, I've put 128 episodes on Spotify and the computer auto-creates transcripts of everything. So all that text is out there with my name on it and sparkling water. Like, I don't know. I just feel like sparkling water is so stupid and niche that at this point, out of I don't know. Out of all the text and media being created on Sparkling Water, if you disregard all the copywriting, I don't know. I just feel like my hours and hours tower over whatever little copywriting there is associated with LaCroix. It's really in the borderlands where it's like, I feel like maybe it just created something out of thin air the way episodes of anything are. And maybe any resemblance that I see, because I see some resemblance, like th there's a weird thing of like in the chat DTP script, the intro is like has these repetition of words that's really clunky. That's like how my shit is. Like it retains some unprofessionalism of my intro. And then it also retains this like annoying thing where I change my rating all the time. Like Kate didn't tell it to change the rating. What an interesting time, huh? 
life in the uncanny valley. That's really where we are. You get so close to real that as a human looking at it, you focus on the 1% of it that's not real. But really, though, like, it's pretty real. Like, three months from now, I'll try to make a script for the po- I'll be super depressed, and I will have no words coming out. I'll just feel completely empty on the inside, and I'll have nothing in my soul. And I'll resort to going into chat GTP and paying the 10 bucks for a monthly membership. And I'll go in and I'll have it create a script for me. And then I will read the script and it'll be like all about this sad Swedish person. that It'll just be a little bit better than currently. And it'll be like a sad Swedish person reviewing Sparkling Water. Because the, this current script does not retain any of the sadness of the real Joachim. The real Joachim is heartbroken, you know? The real Joachim feels happy about twice a week, and then he's just way too sad in between. Anyway, so this part that you're listening to here is actually that I just put... I did the text-to-voice thing, and I just inputted my 128 episodes, and the computer learned my voice, and I just put some text in one end and got this episode out the other end. You know, I will no longer be using a microphone to creating any of this. I will just... I'll just have chat GTP write up a text script, and I'll just put that in the the text-to-voice feature, and, and I'll just sit here. And then I'll automate the whole thing, and then I'll die, and then it'll just keep creating episodes. It'll just keep generating episodes every week. Years after my life, it's my corporal analog self is gone the weird thing is that i feel good about that it's such a it's such narcissism like it's such like that is shameful it is shameful the idea that i would feel good that there's just something with my name on it that just keeps spitting out content oh that is shameful and that's not really i don't think that's really how i feel We are living in a terrible world right now, though. Like, I saw this TikTok, this TikTok thing showed up on my phone, and I'm watching it, and it's a lady explaining that, like, there's this text generation tool, pretty much like ChatGTP, where you just create um, copywriting blurbs for slides that can be used on social media. So you put in, like, three words like what your brand is like sparkling water what the tone is you know irreverent and then like there's a third box i can't even remember what it is but it's like what your name is or whatever and then it spits out 50 little you know three sentence blurbs of some words of wisdom about the thing with the tone that you defined and about the item that you defined and then the next step, she shows like this thing, how you can export it into a comma-separated values Excel spreadsheet. And then you can go to Canva and you can have Canva. It's like this shitty, lazy person, absolutely no skill graphic design template generator bullshit thing that makes things that look really good. And then Canva has this auto import thing where you can upload an Excel spreadsheet with comma-separated values. So it's like, the Excel, the, the Canva understands that there's 50 different prompts here. And then Canva creates 50 different 
slides or just pictures for you with like a different graphic design on each one and a different fucking everything in the look. And then the text is from the 50 different things. So it's just like so, it's such an avalanche of content. And then that outputs 50 pictures for you that you can then like auto schedule to be, you know, published by whatever Facebook page you have. So that every day, the Facebook page that your product has puts out one square of like some words of wisdom in this voice that you have chosen that you like about this product that you're trying to sell. And it's just like, it is so fucking sad because we are really creating a situation where you are going to see an explosion of noise. Because really, if we're being honest, like that's noise. Like there's no wisdom there. Yet, I do, it's, it's really yet, like, cause ultimately I'm a techno optimist. Ultimately, I think you will be able to put the complete wisdom of humanity. All of our written words will be inputted into the computer and the computer will understand what wisdom is and the computer will write books for us that are incredibly smart and succinct and wise and that influence us to be better people. And like, we will live in a techno utopia eventually. But for now, all we have is marketing. Like all we have is copywriting and all we have is noise because we're, we're really just dealing with some really basic language models. And, and the internet two years from now is just going to be, you cannot hear any other people because everything you see is just the computer noise. And I mean, it's already been true in a weird sort of background radiation, background noise way on the internet that the internet is way more bots than people realize, but not in a, th not, I'm not talking about like Facebook and stuff. I'm just talking about like on earth, there are so many computers running these weird bot farms that visit every single website. And I've always been, I've been fascinated with this for as long as I've had websites where it's like, you can look at the traffic of your website and just be like, yeah, 10 people visited your website every day. And then the next day, it's like 100,000 people visited your website. And then the next day, it go back, goes back to 10. And those 100,000, they were not human beings. It's just like there's so many scripts running on so many server farms that, and why, like, what are they doing? They're just sort of like looking at everything. They're just taking in, it's just data scraping. But it's like, so big and scary and weird where someone has a server farm. All these people have these server farms that just scrape all the information from everything and just put it, put it somewhere and truncate it down and turn it into something. And then there's just more stuff going in. And then the person fucking running the server farm dies and doesn't turn it off. And there's just so much stuff going on where the human captain of the ship died a long time ago and we just have these things going you know my phone's ringing hold on all right maddie just called me sorry maddie i, I did i ignore your call yeah i kind of wish i didn't should have picked up it's um one of the most like successful part of how there are all these stand-up comedians in the world and we don't like their stand-up but we like their crowd work and we like their podcasts we don't like their our special but we like their podcast because we're really just lonely and a podcast like that is just friendship 
And one of the most successful parts of that is the few times when you're watching a podcast and there's like a phone call because it really sells this idea that like whatever vibe is going on during the podcast recording is life, which probably isn't true. I mean, it's probably true for some people that that, that like the vague, chill, gently entertaining friendship having podcast vibe is just what life is for like a handful of people on earth and everyone else is lonely and just glued to a screen and trying to experience something. And then sometimes you're watching a podcast and, and someone forgot to turn the phone off and they pick up and they put it on speaker and then they just say, hey, you're you're on the podcast right now. And it's like, it creates this feeling. Where and then the person that picking up immediately understands what that means and just like goes with it and just says something funny. And then they talk a little bit and it's like funny. And it's like, it's so convincing how it makes you feel like, oh, those people, they have friends. Like those people, they have something going on. It's really the epitome of of the now. It's like, that's the most, because the now is just a loneliness crisis. By the way, Maddie, whose call I just ignored, she made this Spotify playlist called falling into the loneliness crisis or something and she sent it to me and it's just sad songs i haven't heard before and they're so fucking good (laughs) i love it oh god it's so good and uh, what was i saying yes i should have picked up and maddie and me should have just been these city people with friends talking on the phone in the podcast but really like this podcast is about being honest. It's about being honest about how it's not like that, how everything sucks. Okay, so this is actually a pretty smooth segue into something else that I thought we could do here, which is that I read this, oh God, I read this article. I didn't even read it. If you're being, I mean, I just saw it, you know? You just see something and you don't even read it and you're just... It still ruins your day or something. <laughs> I saw this article on the New York Times and the headline is, would you date a podcast bro? And yeah, it speaks to the New York Times voice. Uh, it's a New York Times article called, would you date a podcast bro? And it's an article. It's not an opinion piece. And it really, like, I there's something I always talk to my buddy Sam about where she hates the New York Times because it has this thing And I'm so fascinated with her hatred of the New York Times because I don't understand it. And I really would like to bring her on one day to explain it because I can't explain it. And I'm fascinated with things I can't understand. And, you know, if... (sighs) But there's something to it where she thinks that they, they don't really report the news. They just, like, overthink everything to this point of being really annoying where the message gets lost because they put so many layers of posturing on top of it. I think that's my best way of um, describing what she thinks about it. And I think she would disagree with what I just said and describe it better than me. And that's where we're at. And that is probably in a very meta way, extremely relevant to what I'm about to say. Oh, this is, this episode is, this might be the last episode of the podcast. Let me just read like two par- paragraphs of this podcast of uh, of this article here. 
Tisana Robertson, a student at California State University Northridge, was approaching one year of on-again, off-again dating with a coworker when she came to a realization she would eventually announce to her followers on Twitter. My biggest mistake in life so far was dating a man with a podcast. <laughs> oh, God. It's like so mean. But really, okay, I don't know. Miss Robertson, 24 years old, began seeing him in December 2021. He was 35 at the time. Oh, God. She was 24 and he was 35 and he had a podcast. <laughs> he was 35 at the time and had dreams of being a social media influencer, she recalled. They both worked at an Amazon warehouse near her home in Lancaster, California. The situationships, in quotation marks, as she aptly called it, was, quote, very embarrassing, end quote. But she continued to date him until January of this year. <laughs> this reminds me. So I think today is International Women's Day. And the best thing I read all day on the topic of International Women's Day is that men are lucky that women just want equality, that they don't want revenge. Sometimes stuff like this feels like revenge, you know? And there's a lot of revenge in the world that's, like, deserved. Like, revenge, as much as revenge might not sound like the most mature path, there's a lot of, like, the path to revenge is fucking paved with justice, isn't it? Like, it's not not just, you know, there's a lot of justice here. Things were fine when they were together so long as Mrs. Robertson Miss Robertson didn't think about his extracurriculars until one day he sent her a link to his show, inviting her to listen and share her thoughts. What she heard turned her off. For Miss Robertson, it wasn't just the content of the man's podcast, but that he had done one at all. Like many other women, she associates the form with a certain kind of man, one who is endlessly fascinated by his own opinions, loves the sound of his own voice, and isn't the least bit shy about offering unsolicited opinions on masculinity, sexuality, and women. Put down the mic and get a job, says the women. Um, yeah, I'm trapped in a... I'm trapped in a logical dead end here because there's nothing I can say that justifies what I'm doing in this moment. <clears throat> it's not cool. People do not think this is cool. I mean, there are certain things I can say, but I will just sound defensive, you know? Well, at least the podcast listenership is 80% women. It's so interesting. It's like such a useful thing to tell myself until I say it out loud and then it loses all power. And now all I have left is self-loathing and that's okay. I don't know. I think part of my problem is that I've, instead of just adopting a set of values from a time and a place and a culture, I, I cherry picked a bunch of things and, and took like some of the sort of like loud American self-promotional parts and then combine them with these like really self-loathing Swedish parts. And the end result is just full of internal contradictions, internal contradictions that there are, there's no way to think my way into cohesion and harmony here. Like this just sucks. Like I want to be self-aware and, and soft and listening. It's so fucking weird because in the, in the end, I think it makes sense. This sounds absolutely insane, but I actually believe that I, 
have this podcast and the thing that I, the reason I keep going with this is because it makes me a better listener. Because so much of life is waiting for your turn to speak and having an idea and having something you want to talk about. And then you don't listen very well because you're just waiting for your moment to speak. And then you speak. And then the moment you say your thing out loud, there's this feeling at the end when you've said your thing out loud that you were so excited to say and you you just like waited for the other person to be quiet so you could say your thing. And then you say your entire thing. And when you get to the tail end of the thing that you were saying, you realize that it has, like you don't, you don't need any anyone to hear it. You just needed to say it. So I save all of my things that I'm waiting to say for this moment, for this chair where I sit here with a microphone. And then I don't get into that state where I'm just waiting. Instead, I actually listen. Like I talk until I have absolutely no thoughts left and I talk alone and I don't make anyone listen to it. And I just sit here alone and I just talk and I talk all my thoughts. And then when I get out of here, I'm so like talked out that I'm good. And then I am really, I think, I really honestly believe that I'm really, I'm good for a week. I'm good for a week and for a week I can just sort of listen. Like yesterday I... I um Drove over to Josh's house. Josh is the sous chef over at Holbrook. And we um, drove down to, I drove down to Napa. We went down to Napa Valley and we got reservations at some Thomas Keller restaurants. Thomas Keller is uh, a guy, the guy who opened French Laundry. He's opened like 12, 13 different restaurants. And we went to two different ones, one for lunch and one for dinner. And in Yauntville, just down the street from uh, French Laundry. And they were both very disappointing. And but but it involved two hours of driving down there, a meal, and then hanging out in the afternoon, looking at some Napa stuff, some views, going to some stores, and then going and having dinner, and then driving home. It involved like just hanging out with Josh for like ten, eleven hours. I, I, I oh God, it sounds like there's no way to fucking say this out loud without sounding ridiculous. But like, I do enjoy just listening to people more. I I just enjoy it. Like, I'm just, I just liked getting to know Josh. Like, because we've never hung out outside of work before. And he just told me some, just these like big, long things about different things he's done. And, and they were like food things where, you know, because he went to culinary school and he's been a chef for like 10 years. And I just, I'm kind of fascinated with food. And, and he would explain things and, there were these stories and someone fucked something up and then I'd be like, but, 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 stop, 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 stop. Like, what does that mean? They cook them off before they blanch them and then they do it in the ice bath and that's the wrong order. So the asparagus is all mushy. Like, what does that mean? Like, what are you supposed to do and what did they do? Like, I didn't understand what you just said. And it's like, yeah, well, you know, and then I, he slows it down and then I'm like, way better at learning. You know, the way to do it is like you fucking mandolin some asparagus and get it to be super thin. And then you put it, you take it raw and put it into an ice bath. And then it curls up and it's all stiff and it has this great texture. And if you cook it first and then ice bath it, it's just a mush, you know? But I, I don't know. At least I hate myself, you know? Like you want, you know, people disagree. People disagree with me, but at least... At least I feel like this. At least I feel bad about everything, you know? Like you think I'm doing everything wrong, but at least I know that. All right. So like here's, for example, here's like a thought that I had this week. 
that I, you know, it's just a thought. And then when you have a thought and the thought grows into this bigger, big thing that you, you think broad more and more and you have all these thoughts about something and then you just sort of want to say it out loud. Like, isn't that how people feel? Isn't that how, is that only how I, is that unique to podcast bros? Is that in and of itself toxic? Here's the thought. Like, I just want to say the thought and, and maybe the old, in the best case scenario, I want to not be, I want to be spending time with a friend and I want to say my thought and I want to make my thought really big. And then I want them to like snap on to the beat, you know, snap onto my heart. I want their soul to snap onto my heartbeat and have them make it even bigger and have them talking about it. And like, that's how it goes. Like when I'm hanging out with Ingrid and I fucking love it, that's what we do. We get really fucking excited and we talk about things really, really quickly. Here's the thought. When I moved up here, up, down, when I moved to the foothills, to the mountains of Northern California, it's like kind of rural and it's kind of weird. And there are all these natural phenomena. There are all these climate and weather things that happen that you have to get used to and learn about. And... I find there's something about it that I find so pleasant because they're all like when you live in a city and you sort of like read books and listen to podcasts and watch TV and, you know, you watch a fucking Carl Sagan documentary and you listen to Neil deGrasse Tyson talk about some bullshit. You get introduced to all these ideas that are either subatomic level smaller than subatomic, smaller than atoms or bigger than a galaxy. And then when someone tries to explain something to you on that level, it isn't something you can imagine. But then when you're just living the foothills and they explain something, like here's an example. Last year, me and Javi were hanging out and I talked about this on the podcast. We were hanging out, there was a fire and then um, we were all worried about it. And then we all get a text from the county and the, the text says, the column has collapsed. That was the phrase used. Now, this is an insane fucking phrase for the county to use in a text to everyone because who understands it? No one around me understood it. But I Googled it a bunch and I figured out the answer. And the answer, the way to understand it is that when there's a big fire, a big forest fire, it creates a huge column of smoke that rises up from this, from the fire. And then as long as that column is intact and just like a pretty much a straight line going straight up, you're good. But when there's erratic winds going every which way and the column just starts collapsing is what they call it. When the column of smoke goes everywhere, so it mushrooms out, that means that wherever there's smoke, there's also embers and ash and just fiery little bits that rain down. So when the column collapses, it means that the smoke is not just going straight up. It's going every which way. And now you have to worry about spot fires all around the fire. This is like a crazy big concept that I could never like sort of, I could never think of it. Like I wouldn't guess my way to it if I was just hanging out. But when it's explained to me, I can understand it and I can imagine it because it's not something talking about something that's smaller than an atom or bigger than a galaxy. It's just regular Newtonian physics, you know? It's not the Einstein physics of really small or big. It's just regular garden variety New Newtonian physics, you know? stuff in the room. And you can like visually imagine it. When someone is like, hey, light on a subatomic level is both a particle and a wave. There's something so uncomfortable there because you try to visually, you, the human mind then tries to visually 
imagine it, and it is unimaginable. And trying to imagine the unimaginable is very uncomfortable for the human brain. And then you talk talk to me about a smoke column, and I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I get it. And then, like, this week, you know, for the last two weeks, we've been dealing with, like, incredible amounts of snow. Like, just, you know, Noah got, like, four feet of snow, and his fucking carport just collapsed on his car. And he just paid the $500 registration, and he didn't have comprehensive coverage. And he's lost the whole thing, and it's fucking terrible. People getting, like, four, five, six, eight feet of snow. People in Tahoe getting 20 feet of snow. But it's not super cold around here, but there's a lot of snow. Like, it's above freezing. It's like a few degrees above freezing, and there's a ton of snow. And then now, right now, you can probably hear it in the background, and also for the next 48 hours, we're getting an incredible amount of rain, 6, 8, 12 inches of rain every 6 hours. And then the the government sends out these messages about flash floods, And the way it's explained, because I Googled it a bunch again, is that like when there's a lot of snow on the ground, even though it's not below freezing, and then it starts raining, it means, like you can imagine it. It's very pleasantly predictable what, what that means. It means that when there's a bunch of rain landing on a bunch of snow, it will melt the snow immediately, quickly. And then that will now turn all that snow bound up as Now, all that water bound up as snow will now become water and the rain is water. So now you have like an incredible amount of water showing up all of a sudden. And that will then cause a landslide or a flash flood. And it will just like, just blow the road up or, you know, you shouldn't. So that the government is texting everyone and saying, hey, just stay home because, because the whole, the whole mud pie is about to slide apart here. And it, it's so pleasant to think about because it's so imaginable. Like we can all visually in our heads imagine a bunch of snow and a bunch of rain landing on the snow and all the snow melting and then very logically and simply realize that, yeah, there's now a bunch of water here. It's so like pleasant. So that's like this thought that I had sitting here looking at stuff. And it's like, I have that thought. And then instead of like talking someone's ear off at work, someone who, you know, Like, imagine a subordinate having to listen to me talk about that, and then they have to not be rude to me and just walk away because they think they have to make me happy or something. It's like, that's terrible. Instead, I just sit here alone at 8.32 p.m. on a Thursday on my day off, and I just make this this, you know? And then I can just go or leave my house and just listen to people instead. Oh, God. I cannot get over this. I cannot get through this feeling of how I, it's just resentment. I just resent myself. Like, what else is there, you know? I went to Bouchon. It used to have a Michelin star. It wasn't good. It was all fla- It was all under-seasoned, under-salted. Like, is that interesting? Should I be talking about that? You get the trout, you get the blood blood sausage. The interior of the blood sausage has this like stringy, off-putting texture. It's just so livery and irony. And I mean, I know that it's blood sausage, but it's like, what about some spices, you know? Everything had the same brown butter sauce on it. Everything came with the same Crostini cracker. So lazy. Is that interesting? I don't, I don't know. I don't think that's interesting. A hero's journey. It's so funny. I'm doing like really good and 
I like have enough money and I make enough money and I save a lot of money every month and I exercise like a lot and I eat really, really healthy and I haven't had alcohol for like three years and everything is like really on track. Like my life is like really good. I don't know. It's just like that, that meme where it's like some guy in the first panel is like some guy is depressed and skinny and they say like work out and then you'll, your mental health will get figured out. You'll feel better if you just work out, if you just exercise and you will feel much better psychologically. And then in the next panel, he's like really, really buff and depressed. 